So this morning, I have the honor and privilege to introduce our guest speakers today, and so I'll introduce them in just a second. Uh, they're Jonathan and Cheryl. They're actually my cousins. Now, if you saw Jonathan standing here in the front row, you might be wondering how he could be related to me when he's so short and I'm so tall, but sometimes that just happens. Um, but as we've been talking about this series, The Word, we're talking about the Word is, and today we're talking about how the Word needs to be made available. If I were to ask you, how do we determine what we believe as Christians, what would you point to as as the source of that? The Bible, right? The Bible is how we know what we believe, how we know how to follow God, how we know how to honor the Lord and who Jesus is. Now, what if I told you there are millions of people around the world who, even if they wanted to, couldn't open the Bible and read it because the Bible is not yet in their language? And so that's part of the ministry that Jonathan and Cheryl are a part of in helping to translate the Bible into a language that is not yet in. And so that's an incredible, beautiful gift and privilege that it is. And obviously, it takes incredibly smart people to do that. And so Jonathan and Cheryl... Uh, uh, their side of the family that we're related on are board game people. And so just to show how smart Jonathan is, I always thought I was really, really, really bad at board games. But it turns out that Jonathan and Cheryl are just really, really, really smart and good at board games. So I would always get beat bad at all these games. It turns out they're just really smart. And so that's some of the things uh, I remember about Jonathan. When I look at some of the most influential people in my life spiritually growing up, uh, Jonathan would be one of those people. He's not always the most gung-ho person at everything, uh, but he was my camp counselor one year, and that was a great year at camp. He always woke us up every single morning blasting this song, jumping in the house of God, jump up, and he would like jump on our beds to get us ready for the day. Uh, and so I will never forget that. And now I torture our youth with that at youth camp. So be ready for any youth who are there to be woken up to that. Uh, and so he not only would get us up for the day, but he would also make sure we're ready to spiritually engage with all that was going on at camp. And as he's a little bit older than me, he was always an example of someone. You know, it's always good to have someone just ahead of you in your faith to know what it looks like to follow Christ. And so Jonathan has always been that example in so many ways in life. You know, he's gone overseas, and I went overseas, part of the influence of Jonathan and Cheryl. Uh, and they've stuck it out a lot longer than I did overseas, and so that's a testimony to them and to their faithfulness. And so I think one of the, the lasting memories that I do have uh, that that will stick with me is my senior year of high school. It was me, Jonathan's younger brother, Jeremy, and Jonathan were sitting around talking out, talking together. And you know, when you get a bunch of like young guys, we're like, we want to take over the world. We want to make history. We want to do this, that, or the other. And so we're talking about how we want to do that. And my cousin Jeremy's like, he wants to be like uh, all these different world leaders and stuff like that. I want to make a name for myself. And I'm thinking about that too. And Jonathan says, yeah, I want to make a name. I want to make a difference in the world as well. And that's why he chose to do what he does, right? Most of us are going to be forgotten. Most of what we do is going to be forgotten in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but what Jonathan Sherrill doing, translating the Bible, if we truly believe the word is as powerful as we say it is, and that it makes the difference that we say it does, then one of the most lasting and important things that a person can do is to translate the scriptures into a language that has never been in before. And so that's why the work that they do is so important, right? What we're doing here today is only possible because we have the word of God and it has been made available to us. And so they have the honor and privilege of making the word available to a whole new group of people that haven't been able to encounter God because his word has not been their language. So I'm gonna ask them to come up. I'm gonna pray over them again, and then they're gonna uh, teach us some new things and just, you know, share God's word with us as they do that. So let's pray again. 
God, we do just thank you for today. We thank you for your love. And God, today, we just want to come and thank you for the scriptures. We want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for all the ways that you have revealed who you are to us. And God, we want to thank you that we are honored and privileged to be able to have that, to read it, to open it up every single week, every single day that has been made accessible to us. And so we want to thank you for all of the people who have been faithful to translate the Bible into English hundreds of years ago that we now benefit from that. And God, I just want to pray for Jonathan and Cheryl right now as they they open up the word, as they share with us uh, of what you're doing in and through them and in uh, the communities that they're a part of. God, we just pray that we will be able to see and hear what you are doing. God, we love our community and we want to be part of the Great Commission to reach our people in our backyard. But God, we want to be a church that also lifts up our eyes around the world to see the need for you all over the globe and to see and hear the cool things that you are doing globally, God. We're grateful for the ways you are moving and stirring in our community and here in our church at Graham Chapel that, God, we are part of the global church, and we, we love to be able to lift up your name and to hear what you are sharing through your scriptures and through Jonathan and Cheryl. So anoint them with your Holy Spirit this morning. Cover them with your words, and may all of us hear from you this morning, God, as we hear from Jonathan and Cheryl and as we hear from the scriptures. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Um, thank you for having us today. We're really privileged to be here. Sorry, guys. Ooh, that was fun. Okay, so we are Jonathan and Cheryl Smoots. We have four kids, Lucas, Jude, Annabeth, and Gideon. Uh, we have been serving in Thailand and Laos for the last 12 years with Wycliffe Bible Translators. Uh, Wycliffe Bible Translators is an organization whose goal is to see that every language in the world that doesn't have a scripture yet will receive a scripture in their language. Um, you might wonder where the... Is it okay? Can you hear me now? <laughs> okay. You might wonder where the phrase or where the name Wycliffe came from. And so several hundred years ago, John Wycliffe was the person who translated the Bible into English. So um, the church several hundred years ago didn't think we needed the Bible in English. It was a barbaric language. But because of John Wycliffe's passion and his realization that everybody needed the Bible, we have the privilege of reading the Bible in our own language. So that's a little bit of the vision of Wycliffe. And we're going to start by reading a verse to you. Um, and we're just wondering, it's kind of a test, who here can, can read this to us? Anybody? Anybody? Any volunteers? Anyone can read this one? Okay. Jonathan will go ahead and read it. เซเอพักชิดอัดบักปืนกะลุงรังเงจุมเบยอร์อันฮะลอกงีเซเอรังเงจุมเบเวงกันฮะเอ็กซ์ฟาร์มสเตรมเกิดอิสรีไอส์ร
very well. Um, we'll read it one more time. Ephesians 3, 17 and 18. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Um, this is a pretty important message, right? This verse means a lot to a lot of us. We want to understand the love of Christ. But for many people around the world, when they hear that verse, it sounds like the first verse that we read to you, to them, because they don't yet have the Bible in their language. So does anyone want to guess how many languages are in the world today? Somebody throw out a number. Anybody? 3,000, I heard. Okay. 7,000, actually. There's 7,000 languages in the world today. And um, this is what it looks like uh, for the Bible translation. Out of those 7,000 languages, 717 have a complete Bible. 1,582 have a New Testament. 1,196 have portions of the Bible completed. There are 1,163 languages that don't need a translation because they're closely enough to another language that they can use that one. 828 have a work in progress, and there's still 1,892 languages that have no portion, not a single verse of the Bible in their language. That's a lot of people. Yeah, and that re represents about 145 million people that still need uh, translation started in their language. Um, and we work in the countries of Thailand and Laos. The people, uh, we live in Thailand, but the people group we work with are in Laos. And in Laos, it's a country of 7 million people, so not a whole lot, but it has 85 different languages. Uh, and we are working in one of those. We w live right across the border in Thailand in a small city, about 50,000 people, called Muktahan. Um, and it's the provincial capital of the Muktahan province. And uh, we live about five miles from um, the Mekong River, which where we are is about a mile across. Uh, and connecting the two countries there is what's called the Thai-Lao Friendship Bridge. And uh, our, our translators that we work with from Laos will come across that bridge and, and work with us at the center we have in Thailand. Um, Muktahan is also the center for commerce for the Muktahan province. And we see a lot of, a lot of uh, kind of Thai tourists that come through sometimes and people that are going across the border uh, one way or the other to, to Laos. Um, so I'm the translator in our family. We, I, I work with, I have two coworkers who are still in Thailand working on the translation while we're here in the US for a little while. Um, and we work in a language called the Oi, and you have to have that creaky sound in your voice. Uh, it's called creaky, creaky voice, not creepy voice, even though it is kind of creepy sounding. But um, yeah, there's about 50,000 speakers of the Toi language. Um, and we work with five national translators, two men and three women, uh, that have been working with us uh, for quite a while now. Um, but unfortunately, COVID has affected our, our translation cycle because uh, our five translators live in Laos. Uh, they don't feel safe translating there, so that's why we don't live there, and they come across the border ideally about two weeks out of every month, and then they'll be home for two weeks. Uh, but because of COVID, the border's been closed for the last two years. Uh, just beginning of this month, they opened the border back up, but there's still quarantine requirements uh, when you're traveling back and forth, so we still haven't been able to translate uh, with the team in person for the last two years. Um, the team is about, uh, the average age is probably about 60. 
so they're, and they're, um, these are people that grew up in the village, a uh, small village with no electricity to begin with. Uh, they have electricity now, but they're not that familiar with technology. Uh, so we were, but we were able to give them a tablet computer uh, and uh, install the program so that we can control it for them, open up what they need to, to see, uh, and have been able to translate a little bit uh, remotely um, in the last two years. Uh, so what, what the, the process, you might be wondering about what the process is for the translation. Um, the team works in their home village, translating the initial uh, from the national language of Lao into their the Toi language, their own language. Um, and they, that, they just do a rough draft of that, and then they bring it across the border with them. And we work as a team of, of three foreigners and five national translators to, to clean that up. We, we're translating it for both uh, accuracy, because it's the word of God, and needs to be as accurate as possible, um, and also for naturalness, because if, if it's not natural, the people aren't going to understand it. Uh, so we, we work as a team, uh, like I said, usually about two weeks out of every month, and uh, try and make that as, as good as possible. And then to make sure that we're, we're doing it correctly, we take it back to the community. We've asked for five to ten people from the community to come and, and look at what we've done and make sure it's natural. Um, but every time that we've done this, it ends up being about 20 or 25 people that show up because they're so excited to, to have the Word of God in their language. Um, and so we work, look, go through the, what we've translated verse by verse to make sure it's, it's, it's natural. And then we take what we've translated and translate it back into English. Um, and then we have somebody, an outside consultant, who comes in and does another check, once again checking for accuracy. Um, and, and then after that's all done and cleaned up and everything, then it's ready for publishing. Uh, so far we've done about, we've done 10 uh, books of the Bible. Genesis, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Philippians, Philemon, James, First and Second Peter have all been finished. Uh, the book of Matthew and Ephesians have been, through those first two steps, translated in the village and then checked by the team. But once again, because of COVID, we haven't been able to go and do any further work with the community uh, to keep that going. Um, and just in the last month, uh, my coworkers and the team have translated, started translating the book of 1 Corinthians. So praise the Lord that they're able to, to do some of that. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we, have, we are the very first people to actually write this language down. Um, so... The people obviously don't know how to read in their own language. Uh, so we've done some literacy work uh, to help them be able to learn. If they, if they can read the national language, which not everybody can, uh, then it's a pretty easy switchover because we use the same alphabet and just have a few tweaks that we had to make. Um, we've also been able to translate a discipleship book of 53 lessons that's to go through for new believers. Because um, the country of Laos is about, what, 90% Buddhist and animist kind of com combined there. And we, um, so we have these 53 lessons that somebody wrote for the Lao context where they uh, are addressing these, these uh, things specifically that are helpful for the Lao, Lao people. Um, 
We've also been, because we are also an academic organization, we've had to publish or write papers for grammar and anthropology and different things like that to make sure that we know the culture and the language well enough to be able to translate it. Um, in addition, there's literacy books have been put out and a, a primer to help people learn how to read their own language. Um, there are also other things that we're doing besides just Bible translation. One of my roles is to be involved with the arts. So uh, we all really enjoyed worshiping God this morning in song form, in a way that we all could understand. Um, music is kind of a universal language, but the style of song that you sing is not universal. There's different styles of songs that you sing all throughout the world. And so one of the ways that um, my field in the ethno arts, that we encourage new believers, communities of believers, to create new music, new artwork, new dramas in their own styles. There are all around the world, there are different ways to tell stories, there are different ways to sing a song. And so we encourage the believers in a community to create new um, ways to worship God in a style that they're familiar with. Because while we really worship God well with the styles here, some cultures around the world may not understand this musical system and they may need to use a different musical system. So one of my opportunities that I had this past term, which was really exciting for me, was in our local Thai church on our side of the border. I had an opportunity to teach some sessions called Arts with God. I served alongside several other Thai believers who were really excited about this. God just brought us together in conversation, and it was definitely not me doing the leading. It was God saying, this needs to happen now. So that was really exciting to be a part of that. So what we did was we chose a couple of passages of scripture, and we read through it several times. And then we were able to ask questions about these. We made sure that people understood what they were reading. And then we taught a simple art technique, and then we let them go for a couple of hours to contemplate and think about who God is, what he's teaching them, and to create something beautiful for them to remember what they're learning about God in that moment. So as I say this, a lot of Americans like to read. Not all of us like to read. A lot of us like to look at our screens now, watch movies. That's pretty normal. Thai people culturally are not big readers. Lao people especially aren't big readers. And those people who don't have the Bible in their language haven't grown up reading. And so one of the ways that we can help them engage with scripture is by helping them to create new scripture songs, helping them to create artistic works that they can look at and be like, oh, this is who God is. Help them to create dramas in their styles that help them tell the story of who Jesus is. And these are ways that they can engage with the scripture that help open doors to their understanding. Because for some people, reading it in the Bible, which is very important, they need those things on the side as well to help them really understand and engage. And to help teach those people that if they're struggling to read, there are other ways that they can learn about who God is. So that's something really exciting. In the first event, we had a young woman, a young single woman who's a believer at our church. Um, she invited two of her childhood friends who were not believers. They came, they were amazing artists, and they listened to the verses, and they heard about God, and then after the event, they talked to the pastors for the week, and then they became believers. So it was really exciting to see them understand scripture in a new way and realize that it could be relevant to their lives. The, the following month when we had a new event, there was a bunch of youth there. They're about 12 to 16 years old. And these students, not all of them were necessarily believers. Not all of them came from Christian families. Not all of them probably enjoyed reading the Bible because it's written 
in a high language. Thailand has versions of their own language. They're like a high language for sophisticated things where you talk about God or the king and like a regular language you use with your, with your friends. Some of, us, some of us understand that. We have a more formal language and you read a legal document than when you're talking to your family and your friends. So for them, the Bible can be difficult. So these youth were able to engage with the scripture. We were able to talk about it. We were able to help them understand and then they were able to create something to help them remember. And so we're hoping that you know, as we plant these seeds, as we teach them and help them understand, God is relevant in their lives. He's not just somebody who's in a book. He's not just somebody who's being talked about in this way that they don't use with their friends. He's somebody that they can engage with. So it's a really exciting opportunity for us to really plant seeds in their lives, for them to see that they can be an active participant in their relationship with God. In Thailand, students are taught to sit, to memorize, not to ask questions. And so we want them to know that God is somebody that they can talk to, that they don't have to be afraid of, and that who really loves them. So that was something that we really got to do that was exciting. Yeah, and we've had some growth in our team recently. Uh, about two years ago, we had uh, a lady named Ingra, um, from who is from another part of Thailand, come and join our team to work on uh, literacy. So she's been working on learning the Oi language, and working with uh, uh, the Oi man to um, become become better at teaching others how to read their own language and how to teach teachers to do the same. Um, so she's been working with him for about a year now, I think. And uh, she recently returned to where she's from, Chiang Mai, um, and to work on her literacy master's degree. And so we're excited for the, the work that the Lord has for her. Um, like we said, the, the Toi people don't, don't, haven't had their language written down before, so a lot of them can't even read. Uh, but recently, we've been able to record uh, the books of Genesis and Luke in their language, and uh, we have a coworker who's living in the country of Laos, and they put them on SD cards, and while um, Laos hasn't had a lot of telephone poles up, in recent years, their cell phone towers have been going up, and so they might not have a landline in their, in their village, but a lot of people actually have cell phones, so they can get those micro SD cards, pop them in their cell phone, and listen to the word of the Lord in their own language. Um, so that's been exciting. So far, we've had about 60 um, players, uh, audio players, where they can go out and they're either battery-powered or solar-powered and listen to them while they're in their fields working or at home around the house. Um, so we've had 60 of those go out, and they also have translated songs into the oi. Um, and because of safety reasons, they also put some of the Lao scripture and Lao songs on there so that if uh, somebody from the Lao government comes around and asks what they're listening to, they can show them the Lao as well. Um, we recently purchased the Wycliffe Thailand, who uh, uh, has recently purchased land in our city, to build a new center for, for further work uh, in development as well as you know, the translation work. So we're excited to see, uh, to have that uh, center built and uh, move our work over there. Um, recently in the last two years, I've also been given the role as the team associate director. So I'm working with three other family units to um, just make sure that they're getting everything they need and encourage them in their work and I uh, kind of just oversee uh, their their well-being 
so that's, that's a new role for me in the last couple of years. I don't think we would be very good parents if we didn't talk a little bit about our kids. So like I said earlier, we have four kids. Lucas, our oldest, is 10. Jude is 8. Annabeth is 4. And Gideon is 2. They've all been born in Thailand. And our older three have been attending a Thai bilingual English-Thai um, Montessori school. Um, Gideon, our two-year-old, was born in Thailand during our last term. And when we came back to America about a month ago, it was his first time on an airplane, his first time in America. And so he's been a real um, great wonderful addition to our family. His older siblings love him, minus the times when he's trying to get into their stuff. Um, our kids have been really blessed this last three years on the field to really become a good part of their school system, their school. Like I said earlier, the, Thai, the regular Thai school system is very um, structured. You don't really get opportunity to ask questions to be creative, but because a Bangkok woman moved to Muktahan and she said, I don't like these schools. So she started her own school and we have the privilege of allowing our kids to go there as well. Uh, our children have made really great friends there. They really feel like they belong, which is a pretty big deal for children who grow up overseas because that's one of the things they often struggle with is feeling like they're a part of something. So we've been really blessed to have the opportunity for that. Lucas is a great artist and animal lover. Annabeth is an animal lover. Jude loves building and Gideon loves to smile. We've been really thankful for God's answer to prayer, especially in Jude's life, providing friends. He really struggled um, previously with making friends and feeling lonely, but God has provided two best friends for him in the past three years, one who then moved away, but then another one was there. And so we're just really thankful for the way that God answers prayer, the way that God provides for our children, because it would be really hard to be somewhere where we felt like our children were suffering, and we're just thankful for God's answered prayers in our children's lives. Um, I'm going to have Jonathan read this verse. Uh, Ephesians 3.12, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. So Laos is only 1.5% Christian, and Thailand is 1.13% Christian. Uh, Laos is a communist country. They do not really encourage Christianity to spread. They do not, it is illegal to um, develop the minority languages. They want everybody to speak Lao. They don't want the minority languages like the Oi to be learning to read their own language, to be writing in their own language. That's why he said on the, the recorders that we have that they put Lao on there first so that if the officials come and see it, hear it, they will hear the Lao and not the Oi. So um, it can be uh, dangerous sometimes for our national believer friends. Um, the, both countries are mainly Buddhist and animist. Animism is when you worship the spirits. So one of the things it, on most properties that you'll find in Laos and Thailand is they have a spirit, a spirit house. So they believe that the spirits are very active and that they don't want the spirits to come into their homes and bother them. And so what they do is they create a house on the edge of their property and they, they offer sacrifices to the house there, incense and fruit and drink so that the spirits will be happy there and won't come in and bother them. They have different ceremonies for different reasons, and everybody in the village or the family is supposed to be involved in these. So for believers who have stepped away from these beliefs, who no longer want to be a part of these rituals, they're then ostracized by their families, by their communities. They have been kicked out of their villages. And in Thailand and Laos, uh, in Laos, you have to have permission from your old village and the new village that you want to move to in order to move. And so these villages have not provided that permission, and so there have been believers kicked out of their villages who are now living in their fields in a bamboo hut because they're not allowed to stay in their village. Um, 
as, as foreigners, we're very safe. They, can't, they won't do anything um, to hurt us in any way, but the, the worst that could happen to us would be they would ask us to leave. But for the, the national believers, there is a little bit more risk. So you can just pray for them that God would provide safety and boldness that the word would go out because um, those who follow Buddhism and animism they're constantly working. They're constantly trying to gain merit. They don't know what will happen when they die, but they're hoping that if they do enough good things, that they will be able to have something good happen to them when they die. They don't have the hope in Jesus that we have. So I'm going to read Ephesians 3.6. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Before Jesus came, we as Gentiles would have found it very, very difficult to follow God. We would have had to give up everything to join the Jewish culture and to become a, a God follower in that way. But since Jesus has come, he has opened up the door for Jews and Gentiles both. And so we have the privilege of, of accepting Christ, of going to heaven, of having hope without having to give up all of our culture and everything. We give up the things that are sinful, but we can still maintain who we are as a person. Um, God created the diversity of people all around the world, and so we really want to see that the people around the world who don't have the Bible yet, that they also understand that they can share in the riches inherited by God's children. And so we want to pass the word on. Um, this I'm sure it sounds kind of crazy, like I could never do that, but God doesn't call all of us to go over there, far away. Some of us he calls to stay here, to minister to our next door neighbors, to our family members, to our friends. He's not called all of us to go across the ocean, but he has called all of us to pray. He's called all of us to pray for those lost here in our own cities, in our own towns. He's called us to pray for those that are lost across the ocean who have no way to read about Jesus. And so we just are thankful that you allowed us to be here. We just ask that you would pray for the believers, that you should be bold, that you would pray for those who are still in darkness, that they will see the light of Jesus. And just pray for our family um, and the safety of our family as well. Yeah, and pray for um, the believers, who, or the people who do become Christians, as they are sometimes ostracized and kicked out of their villages. We recently heard about 14 new believers, so we praise the Lord for that, um, because it's a people of 50, about 50,000 people, um, but the, the number of Christians numbers in the hundreds. So another 14 is, is just amazing. We praise the Lord for that. Uh, a few more prayer requests is that we pray that the border between Thailand and Laos will more fully open um, because as of right now, with the quarantines required and everything, our team can't come across. And we really work faster and better when we can see each other in person. And it's been over two years now since we last saw them. Um, pray that the online work will continue. Uh, we've had breaks at different points because of um, different villages were closed or, or because uh, they also uh, are farmers and so they'll plant their fields at different times and have different responsibilities like that. Um, so for the last two years, we were only able to really um, work on the project with the team for about a month. Um, so, but we praise the Lord that uh, that has opened up a little bit more now. And in the last two months, uh, I think they worked two or three weeks with the team. Um, and so we also pray for unity in the translation team. 
there is a, a misunderstanding about money, and that, that can be a struggle sometimes. So uh, praise the Lord that that was resolved, and but just continue to pray for unity. Uh, also pray for um, a man we call Barnabas. Um, he is one of the, our, our, the two men on our team, and he's in the hospital right now. Um, with he's, He has some heart issues uh, that have been flaring up and giving him trouble, and so um, he's, he's stable right now. Um, but he's still in the hospital for a, f- a few more days. But pray that he can um, can go home and continue the work. Uh, he he so wants to see uh, the New Testament finished in his language, and so that other people can can uh, can learn more about God through that. Um, pray for our kids. Uh, it's a lot of trans- transition. Uh, we are, came here from from Thailand, and we're here in. South Carolina for about two months, uh, and then we'll be moving up to Pennsylvania to be near Cheryl's family for a while, put the kids in school up there. Uh, we also have trips to Maine and New York and different places, and then we'll transition back to Thailand in January. So pray for our kids. It's a lot of transition for them. Um, they've done fairly well so far, uh, but, it, but it's hard. Um, pray for boldness for the believers in Thailand and Laos as they uh, share uh, what Jesus can do um, with those around them. And pray also for our oldest, Lucas. He has OCD, and we're trying to find some, some therapy help uh, with that. Uh, it's not really available where we are in Thailand, and so we're, we're hoping that to be able to find that here in the U.S. So pray for that. Thank you so much for allowing us to come share with you today. I just want to say thank you to these guys for coming and speaking to us. You know, a lot of times, especially in our culture and country, we get so wrapped up in where we are in the moment with our life, with what we're doing. And and even in the American church, we get so absorbed in what our church is doing and how we're advancing. And we forget a lot of times that God is doing some really incredible things across the world. And he's using a lot of other people to do uh, amazing things across the world. And I just want to remind you guys, you know, that... um, it's not just about what's happening with us individually. It's not about what's just happening at Graham Chapel. But our God is a God that surpasses our understanding. Our God is a God of the entire world. And he is doing works not only here, but he's doing works across the world in other countries and other languages. And just to remind you, you know, this whole, the past probably six weeks, we've been talking about God's word and how much we take for granted that we have it at any given moment in time to read it, to, to let it sit there and gather dust, and we just treat it so trivial, and, and yet there are people who are called by God to go to, to countries where they haven't even developed a written language yet, and I was thinking earlier as they were sharing in the first service, like, I would not even know where to begin of how to go to another country to learn a new language, to develop the, the written language for that, and then begin to teach people how to read that language, and the whole process 12 years, like going into that. 12 years they've devoted their life. They've uprooted, well, they started their family over there pretty much. And, uh, and you know, talking about the transition and everything and all that they've put into this. They deserve our prayers and our support from them spiritually. And they also deserve our financial support as well because they're, they're ministering to a group of people that, that are much, they're not as fortunate as we are. God has blessed us so much 
Uh, I believe that God has blessed our country so much because he has wanted us to be able to bless others. And uh, so I just want to challenge you guys. We're, we're going to meet together as a board later on this, uh, in the month of June, and we're going to discuss how we as a church can financially support them uh, steadily throughout their ministry during that time and hopefully be able to bless them uh, well. And, but I also want to encourage you as individuals to, to go. They're going to be back at this table Right at the door, they got some stuff from Thailand that you can look at, some cool stuff and pictures they can show you, uh, just kind of get a better understanding of it. But but sign up back there. I've been getting their, their emails and stuff and their updates ever since they, they, they've gone, and we've been praying for them. And so sign up so that you can pray for them. Sign up so that you can give to them and support them financially. They need that. They're not going to say it because it's we feel like that's inappropriate to get up there and say it. I will say it for them. They need financial support. And so if you are able, if, if you feel like God has blessed you so that you can bless others, consider blessing them. Because the work that they're doing, they're providing God's word to a group of people 12 years ago. Didn't happen. That's huge. I mean, we, we take it for granted. But, but they're working. And, and the work that they're doing there is not just going to be for this one group. It's going to trickle into the surrounding people with the other languages. Eventually, it will trickle down through all that and make that possible. When you look at our world today, we live in a world today where we are having to constantly be aware of other people across the world, right? Of situations that are happening across the world and how much they affect us across the world. And the more believers that we have in Jesus Christ, the more brothers and sisters that we're going to have and the less enemies that we're going to have. You with me on that today? So it's not just a matter of those people's eternal life. The, the blessings that we can give to these this family and to those people will benefit not only us but it'll benefit our descendants for years and years and years to come and it spreads the message of the gospel and creates the kingdom of Christ across the world that God always intended to have so as they're going to be in the table uh, in just a few moments stop by ask them some questions ask how you can support them uh, get give them your information so they can get in contact with you if you're watching online today if you're listening to the podcast Reach out to us on social media through email, and we'll get you their information so you can connect with them. And uh, we just want to say that we're, we're going to support these guys. We believe in what they're doing, and I hope that you as individuals will as well. So let's pray. I'll dismiss you guys today, and then you can connect with them after the service. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you once again, and we are just so thankful for the opportunity that we have to be reminded of how big you truly are. And God, while you've called this family to do this very specific thing and God you've gifted them with the abilities to do something that none of the rest of us would ever be able to do Lord you know you know what you're doing you have a plan and that's why you created them and you gave them their talents and abilities so that they can go and do what they're doing but the thing is is that they can't do it unless we as brothers and sisters support them with prayers and with giving so, God, I pray today that you would speak into our hearts and that you would lead us and guide us in how we should give and support and pray. And, and Lord, to just accept these people as part of our brothers and sisters in Christ, as part of our family, so that we can lift them up to you. Lord, I pray that you would continue to use them to do great things. And, God, I pray that you would continue to use Graham Chapel to do great things in our community. And I pray, God, that through it all, Whenever we stand before you on Judgment Day, Lord, that you will say well done to every one of us because we did what you called us to do. 
We prayed when you called us to pray. We gave when you called us to give. We translated and we taught whenever you called us to do so. Mm. And Lord, if we all do what you call us to do, Lord, the world's going to be a lot better place. And I pray, God, that you would help us to glorify your name and make the name of Jesus Christ great in the world that we live in. We love you today. We thank you for everything. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed, and make sure you stop by the table as you leave today.